Are you ready, Ma? I am ready, Erin. This week, the bushes are taking you to Philadelphia. Philadelphia. We are doing the Philadelphia story, and we actually have Catherine Hepburn raised from the grave with us today. Hello. Please, it's Kate. It's Kate. Kate. Kate, Kate. An MGM movie made in 1940. We have Cary Grant. We have Catherine Hepburn. Thank you. And Jimmy Stewart. With our, it appears, so far, favorite director, George Cooker. I guess we really love Cooker. Yeah, we've done quite a few of his. I loved Cooker as well. <laughs> it had a runtime of one hour, 47 minutes, and 37 seconds. Brisk. So, Erin spent four years of her life in West Philadelphia. West Philadelphia. I did. This movie took eight weeks to make. There were no retakes. These are boom, boom, boom. I mean, did we not say that this had Jimmy Stewart, Cary Grant, and Katherine Hepburn? These are professionals. They were one-take professionals. Katherine Hepburn is Tracy. Tracy Tracy, Lord. Tracy Lord, who... um, Believes that she is God's gift to life and tells everybody else that she is. Well, I'm really. We have Cary Grant as C.K. Dexter, her ex-husband. We have Jimmy Stewart, who is uh, George. No, no, no. He's Macaulay. But they call him Mike. And I had to look up Macaulay Cockin to find out how to spell Macaulay. And then some dude is playing her fiance, George, and she looks mighty old. He He's does look old. He looks old, and his name's George George Kittredge. George, very well done. So we open up with Cary Grant. Uh, he Looking has a dapper. bunch of suitcases and his golf clubs. And he's leaving a house. No, no, he doesn't have his golf clubs. He's got his suitcase. He's got his hat on, his jacket, and he is walking out of the front door of a house. A very nice house. Very nice. Because we are in what part of Philadelphia? We're on the main line. Main line. The main line <laughs> of Philadelphia. <laughs> That's not where Aaron spent. No. Me. I'm uh, rich. Catherine breaks one of his golf oh, my, clubs my, my, over my. her knee. You're burying the lead here. You're burying the lead. <laughs> I do every week. It's, it's, it's one of the greatest, like, uh, I mean, it's going to be somewhat controversial, but it, it's one of the greatest, like, opening scenes of a film. So Cary Grant, he comes out, because there's no dialogue in this. He, he walks out, he's got a suitcase, he's got this just look on his face that is is kind of a, a mixture of, um, of just fed-upness and, like, of relief that, like, I'm leaving, and, and he's walking, and then... Um, behind him, Catherine Hepburn comes out and she's got her snooty face on and she's, she's holding something and, and she has a bag of golf clubs and, and he turns around and looks at her and he holds out, she holds out what I had to look it up. It was his, uh, pipe rack. 
because he had so many pipes that he needed a pipe rack. So she holds it up and he his both hands are, are consumed already with uh or otherwise engaged with two suitcases. So he can't, but he tries to lift up one and as he like makes an attempt, she just drops it at his feet. And then she takes out one of the golf clubs and throws the bag at his feet. And then the one golf club that she didn't throw at him, she just snaps over her knee and then throws it at him and stomps back into the house. And then Cary Grant, he puts his suitcase down and he walks after her. And right as she gets to the frame of the door, he, she turns around and he had, oh, to the moon, Alice, he's gonna sock her. But he stops and he just puts the palm of his face, her his hand, the palm of his hand just in her face and just face, just, just pushes her back to the ground and she falls into the house on her back. And then it cuts to her and she's just holding her neck. And you might be offended by that, by the fact that this man has manhandled a woman. But as we go on in the film, you'll see she, okay, well, didn't deserve it, but ah. wow, you could get fed up with her. And so a little bit of background here at this point. This movie was Katherine Hepburn's comeback because in 1939, she had already won an Academy Award. She was already the talk of Hollywood because about five years earlier, you know, she burst onto the scene and everybody liked her. But then she had a string of flops. And so in 1938, she was labeled box office poison because Catherine Hepburn liked to be independent and and she liked to, to dance to her own drum, fiercely independent. And so audiences thought that she was uh, stuck up. Uh, patrician cold you know not a, she wore trousers good god she good wore god. trousers what kind of a woman is this she she wasn't uh, let me let me find it in my notes of what they they said she was but she just she she wasn't a stereotypical hollywood dame no she wasn't at at all because she she had a so audiences didn't care for Catherine hepburn's perceived hardness cold pridefulness and unbecome it was all unbecoming of a properly feminine celebrity at the time so that opening scene when uh carrie grant puts his face or puts i keep saying his face puts his hand in her face that was pretty like audiences love that because finally this this woman who they thought oh she's so full of herself she's finally getting like pushed down there so it and so, as I said, this was her comeback vehicle. So she very shrewdly, she was in the Broadway play, which was a, a huge hit. And the part, while it was um, it was actually based on a real life person, not Katherine Hepburn, but the real life person ran in Katherine Hepburn's social circles. And then the playwriter, I think his name was Philip Barry, he then uh, contoured the role of Tracy Lord to uh, fit Katherine Hepburn. So it, it's really like great part for her to play. And, and it's important that the movie, although you're like, oh, my God, are you serious? But knowing at the time what her uh, stature or how she was perceived by audiences, oh, it was the it was the perfect uh, relaunch. Did we share that the name of this film is The Philadelphia Story? Perhaps not. The name of this film is The Philadelphia Story. No, we it did. It is. Okay, and one disclaimer uh, for our, our 
many listeners. Um, Chandler and Mac, the dogs are here, and so it's possible that Chandler will let out a, a bark. So we don't want anyone to have heart failure when that happens. Oh, this is nice, Ma. You've you've essentially just uh, inserted a MacGuffin into our podcast. It's now there. Now this whole podcast as a is shrouded in suspense. <laughs> when will he let out? When will his, he? He's going uh, to heart stopping. <gasps> rah, rah, rah. Okay, so that happens. Then cut scene, and we are two years later. And there's a wedding announcement on the screen. The wedding is going to be Saturday. The former wife of C.K. Dexter is going to be married to George Kitteridge. Um, there's an adolescent girl calling for Tracy. We find out that her name is Dinah, and she is the little sister of Tracy in the film. Her name was Diana, I believe, and Tracy decided to call her Diana I didn't, instead. I, no, no, no. You are Dinah from now on. I do not like the name Diane. So that's that's pretty much how Tracy ran the entire family. Not, not dissimilar to the way Aaron Bush runs the Bush family. Oh, I knew it. What do we get? <laughs> Nine minutes into this podcast... I knew it. Well, you know what? I don't really see that much wrong with Tracy, if I'm going to be honest. And that will become obvious as we go through the different scenes. So there are wedding gifts on display. And this is what cracked me up. There are wedding gifts all over the house. Uh, the, The wedding is going to be at the house. So not only are the wedding gifts on display, but the cards of who gave the wedding gifts are attached. So if you go to the wedding... You're going to be shamed by what everybody else gave them. Yeah, you better bring your A game. You, you better have to like, bring your A game. There was silver. There was crystal. Oh man, that was that was like, well, why didn't we think of that? Well, you weren't invited because you were too poor. Yeah. Well, I'm saying to our wedding, which again, <laughs> I was invited to that one, but. Uh, yeah, we didn't need to do the shaming in that one. How lucky for you. Well, yours, I mean, we'll get to that next week, but your wedding was controversial. A touch. Just a, you were just touch. happy for anyone. But I have, um, I was calling the girl AG for, um, I don't know why the A, but um, AG, another girl, angry girl. I don't know what it was, but she she uh, was my favorite character because she was a bit of a pip. <laughs> a bit of a pip. That's a bit funny. of a pip. And she kept changing the cards on the gifts, so I thought that was hysterical. Oh. And, um, of course, Catherine Hepburn said in Errant Speak, who keeps changing the names on these gift who cards? Who keeps changing the names on these gift cards? Um, you know, and about, then wait, her that's mother, funny it, that you her, changed her name. <laughs> like, oh, Tracy, now you see her, how she runs the whole family. This little girl whose name is Dinah, I'm just going to call her A.G. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> but then I found out because at first you didn't know her name. Once I found her name, I changed it to Dinah. Yeah. So um, Tracy is talking to her mother and evidently the father has left the family. Yes, they live separately now. And the father is not invited to the wedding because the father had evidently 
um, some uh, strings, uh, some some ties to a, a dancer of some kind. And it's apparent that Tracy decided that the father should leave the family and not be invited to the wedding because he chose this woman over his family. Uh, but at one point, the mother does say that uh, Tracy was, oh, no, no, the mother says she was not a great success as a wife. Yeah, they have, the mother and Tracy have this interesting conversation where they're, they both uh, are like, yeah, but neither one of us was very good at our first marriages. And the mother says, well, I have my self-respect and no husband. So I kind of felt then that the mother would have rather kept the husband around. It wasn't really her choice to get rid of the husband. It was Tracy's choice. Mm. Anyway, uh, we learned that uh, Dinah likes Dexter. Dexter, remember, is Cary Grant, Tracy's first husband and and he comes he's at the wedding site um okay you're not gonna help me out there well i'm trying to find where we are in my notes because i again i like this movie and i um i didn't really take as great a note as i should have because i was i was trying to learn all i could about how kate talks and I just realized I forgot to send you my notes. Yeah, I didn't get your notes. Oh, sorry about that. Okay, okay so, so, okay, I know where we are. So, Tracy's getting remarried to George, and the sister asked, the, Dinah asked the mom. Tracy's getting married to George, not remarried. It's a new marriage for her with George. Right, but it's, it's her the second, second marriage. marriage. Okay. So, the sister asked the mother, did he really sock her? And the sister's referring to Dexter in the first scene that we saw two weeks ago. And um, Tracy is not asking her father to come to the wedding. And the sister wants to postpone the wedding because she wants she wants she loves Dexter. She's always been in the can for Dexter. And so um, we find out that George used to be a coal miner and that Tracy comes from money and they go to the stables. And george can't get up on a horse and at which point i say new money am i right that's exactly what i wrote new money because he doesn't know how to do the the highfalutin things the way you're supposed to but before he's an old man yeah he 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 kind of he's very stuffy he you know you you kind of know what this movie is going into it It, it's a it's a it's a romantic comedy and and we all know this yeah, we all know this this guy. He's the third wheel, and he's he's just a, a puffy shirt. But it was hysterical, him trying to get on a horse. Reminded me of when I once tried to get on a horse. Um, and at one point, the sister is asking someone, maybe the mother, why won't Tracy ask her own father to the wedding? And the reply is, she has high standards and holds everyone else up to those high standards. So that yeah. is the theme of the rest of the movie. What's, and what's wrong with that? What's wrong with the little standards? Well, did it, it work out for Tracy? Yeah, it did. Oh, oh well, it did. Yeah. So, so they, <laughs> as you can see, Aaron holds the rest of the family to high standards. We never quite fit the bill. What's wrong with this? So they arrive at the stables. 
um, we find out that Tracy comes from one of the oldest families in Philadelphia. Uh, oh, and she's talking about publicity and, because there's this magazine called something and spy. spy spy magazine spy magazine is like star magazine inquire magazine the us weeklies us weekly yeah maybe even um not quite people because people supposed to be a little bit but yeah and she feels that it's a filthy idea filthy idea filthy for people idea. to come into her home with a camera and she wants no publicity at the wedding mm-hmm well, evidently, Dexter... Well, wait, 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 because one of my favorite intros to a character is, is at this part. Like, they're, they're in the car, and she, she opens a, a little compartment and takes out this tiny bottle, and I forget what it's called. It's something. And yes. she sprays it on her handkerchief, and she, she makes the comment of whatever the name is. We'll call it La Perfume, and it's like, La Perfume. Like, something about, like, he can't... Oh, what does she say? It's something like he, it's his weakness. It's his kryptonite. And so we see this, uh, this old man, this older man, he's kind of like sitting on these steps back to, you know, is up to back up to something. He's reading a newspaper and he's facing the camera and Catherine Hepburn just is, or Tracy, I'm sorry, is behind him and she's flowing the the handkerchief so that the the, the perfume it, it like announces her arrival and and the guy look slowly lowers the newspaper as he's sniffing and oh he's he i mean he just starts getting smiley he he's all of a sudden he starts looking younger and he he's just like like looking around to see where that beautiful beautiful smell is coming from and then he sees that it's tracy and he's like oh it's you and that's Uncle Willie. Uncle Willie was a character. Yes. Uncle Willie um, is, a, is a ladies' man. Uncle Willie was the uncle everybody has at, at some point in their lives. Yes. So, Dexter works for Spy Magazine. But he's been down in South America for the last two years. Buenos Aires. And Jimmy Stewart and... Uh, Liz somebody also worked for that magazine. Now, Jimmy Stewart felt that he was a writer, you know, a true writer, but he can't make any money at it. So he is working for this magazine and that he has been assigned to go and cover this society wedding with Liz, the photographer. Mm -hmm. So he storms into his boss, Mr. Kidd. And he does not want to do this. But they're in is Dexter. Dexter's going to get him in pretending that they are Tracy's brother's friends. And all the time I kept thinking Tracy's brother was Junior. I thought it was it Julius. Was, it was June, Junius. Junius. Yeah, Junius. Yeah. That must be some rich white people name. I don't know. Junius. But that was odd. Okay, so Tracy Lord is unapproachable by the press, um, but there. Uh, so there's there the uh, publisher kid is telling Jimmy Stewart. So um, she's unapproachable. We want a, a wedding day inside Mainline Society. It's a true Philadelphia story. 
bing, 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 mm. the name of the movie. So Dexter comes in and he says he can get them into the wedding by being friends with Junius. Uh, the wedding is Saturday. Today is Thursday. Thursday. I wrote Tuesday in my notes, but I knew that was Saturday. A car is going to pick you up at noon tomorrow in North Philly. And you're going to arrive at the Lord house. And the next scene is them arriving at the Lord house. And so Dexter go he Dexter goes first, right? He knocks on the door. Yes. And then and the Edward, butler, oh, the valet, or or butler opens the door and shows them to the south parlor. Well, no, he shows uh, Mike, which is Jimmy Stewart, and Liz, the photographer. He shows them to the south parlor. Uh, Dexter says, oh, I bet they're at the pool. I'm going to go around. I'm going to sneak around and surprise them. Because Dexter is very familiar with the layout of the land because, again, he was uh, the childhood sweetheart of Tracy, and they were married, and it was only two years ago that their marriage fell apart. And there is still sexual tension. No, I mean, it's Cary Grant. But Liz, as they're walking around the South Parlor, and she goes into the room with the the wedding gifts, and but she says, "I rather expected to see pickaninnies and banjos." I don't what, what? know what that is. Well, pickaninnies is a is a rather derogatory term for help. Of a darker persuasion. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Children. Children of. Oh, this, the peanut gallery has spoken. Which is Children also a derogatory term. Oh my gosh. So the many apologies. Of darker persuasion. <laughs> Actually, when I was young, my Aunt Margie would call me that uh, in the summer when I got my suntan. A pickaninny? Yeah. Well, she could see me now. If she, if she <laughs> could see ya now. Okay, I, I just Did you went, know that oh, the peanut can, gallery can is also... Can we not have a mo- movie in the 40s without some reference no. to... No. But even like... But it, the peanut gallery is also a derogatory term. Because who was in the peanut gallery? What? You're saying I'm derogatory? Well, I'm saying that term, like everybody uses it, like we all use it, but that's where it came from. Because that's <gasps> where black people were allowed to sit, was up there. And they would have the peanuts. It's like, shoot, that's why people were like, hey, up in the peanut gallery. Oh, <laughs> I might need a moment. <laughs> I, I apologize. That's like I apologize. What, most of what we say is just super racist. We just don't most know. Most of it, yeah. Like, I gypped somebody. That comes from yeah. gypsy, it's which like is derogatory. Horrible. I'm sorry. We I apologize. No okay. So, now I have to find another term for your father. <laughs> okay. Jimmy Stewart says, I wouldn't live here if they paid me. Boy, I have a question. Getting back to the the racial slurs of the nineteen forties, does this mean that her house, like, are the lords so progressive that they are like, oh, we we don't have colored help, or are they so racist that oh, we don't have colored help? Um, maybe they were trying to be progressive since Tracy is 
so progressive as far as women's rights and, and those attitudes, maybe it was a, a sign to try to do that. Because as we say, um, the butler valet was, we didn't say Edward, was a Caucasian man. Yes. And he was actually the only help that we saw, wasn't he? Mm, I thought that we saw another uh, butler or valet, but I don't know. Well, there was, was someone the who drove the car, so I, and I, that I, person was Caucasian as well. And so, the stable uh, boy was Caucasian as well. Okay. Okay, so maybe they were trying, um, trying to be progressive after the pick and ninny's comment. So Jimmy Stewart goes in, he sees the wedding gifts, and he's looking them over, and he picks one up, and Edward, the Caucasian valet, uh, is watching every movement, and he's putting it back. <laughs> See how high-waisted his pants are? Like his, his pant waist was, like, right under his armpits. I think that's how pants were worn at that time. And I'm not going to go into the whole, you know, physical uh, uh, attributes of a male body. But I feel like they were really long in the... Yeah, long inseam? Inseam. Is that the one that goes around? Yeah. The inseam? Um... Yeah, to accommodate all that. But yeah, he <laughs> always wore his pants really high. <laughs> Are you saying that they, okay. the, the guys in the Fortis just had huge junk and they had to have a huge long inseam to accommodate it all? No, I feel like I, I'm not going to go into it on this podcast. Oh. I, uh, no. I, I look forward uh. to. I don't know. I guess it's going to be a Warren Beatty topic. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it at, off, off air. So at this point, we're learning more about C.K. Dexter Haven. C.K. Dexter Haven. Haven. C.K. Dexter Haven. He played polo. He designed sailboats. And um, so, I mean, really, somebody who plays polo and designs sailboats, that doesn't sound like a, a huge income coming in because he didn't need it because he already had He's filthy stinking rich exactly i mean he which is what part of philadelphia again here the main line the main line he lived he lived next door he was basically like next door neighbor to the lord family because you know he and tracy grew up together so she's loaded he's loaded as next door as you can be when you own multiple acres right. i guess so you hear whistling and Dinah, excuse me, Dinah says, Dexter, you've come back. Because remember, Dinah loves Dexter. Mm -hmm. Dexter always calls Tracy red because she had red hair, although this was a black and white film. Right. Um, so he always called her red. And she tells him, you can go right back. You're not invited to my wedding. You know, you're an ex-husband. And... Dinah says, no, 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 you're staying with us. Like, why would he need to stay with them if he has a house right next door? Well, I, I made up the next door part. I was just, just to, to, to paint a picture for the audience. Okay, so here we have Macaulay Connor. Before I looked up how to spell it, he was friends with Junius. 
and Junius expected Mike to be able to stay at the house for the wedding. But this is all lies. This is all part of Dexter's story. So this is what Dexter tells to Red, a.k.a. Tracy. It's like, this is Junius's friend, Mike, and his other friend, Liz. And he, Mike totally expects that it'll be okay that you stay here. Right. Stay here. And so Tracy has no idea. These are uh, photographers and journalists for Spy Magazine, which she detests, which Dinah loves to read. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Um, so the photographer, she, she didn't think anything of this woman taking pictures? Well, remember, she that was when she was, like, in the parlor, and she's just snapping away. Yeah, okay. And they know that, I think they know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. And, and I have written in my notes, withering glance of a goddess. Mm. So someone said... That Tracy had the withering glance of a goddess. I mean, people, you know, for somebody who everybody's there for her marriage, her marriage, her second marriage, she is getting a lot of hate from everybody. Everybody's always like she's got this withering glance of a goddess. Goddess is is that word is used a lot. So in many times, goddess and queen. And I'm, I'm like, what, what's the problem here? I know. <laughs> you never minded us calling you our goddess and our queen. Yeah. Well, so Tracy said, I want them out and I want you out first. You know, talking but to Dexter. Because she knows, find, she knows we, that Dexter is lying. Right. But we find out that their, their not producer, their executive, their... Sydney kid. Pop boss has an article about the father and the dancer. Mm-hmm. And so if if Tracy allowed these two in to do her wedding, they would not publish the article about the father and the dancer. And Tracy says, okay, you know, we're going to go with this. Um, but she and Dinah decide to be over the top about it. Oh, they start acting so mainline. And and Tracy says, I'll give them a story that will stand their hair on end. Okay, so now we're back to the reporters, and they're saying they don't know about us. And evident, was George Kitteridge working for the father's company? I think so. George Kitteridge, he was a self-made man. And yeah, he had political money. aspirations. He wanted to get into politics. And I have Tracy Samantha Lord was young, rich, and rapacious. Mm. I never looked up what that meant. Mm, just wrote it down. No, it wasn't vivacious, peanut gallery. Oh, my god! It wasn't gosh. rapturous. Oh, I pay. Uh, Dinah comes in and she is over the top. She comes in in ballet slippers and she's on her toes doing a dance. She's speaking in French. French. She sings uh, a, a ditty at the piano. Then Tracy comes in and she has a fluffy upon fluffy dress. She's talking to Dinah in French about smallpox and... Um, she meets the first time the reporter Mike and the photographer Liz. Um, 
and she is purposely making them uncomfortable. She's asking him questions, and it's, you know, who is supposed to be interviewing whom here? These are my questions. I will ask you. And, yeah, she made everything really uncomfortable. She, this is when we find out, because she's looking at Mike Macaulay. What kind of name is that? And he says, I don't know. I hate the name Macaulay. That's why everybody calls me Mike. It's like, oh, Macaulay. And who is this? This is Liz. Oh, are you two an item? Right. And you make it very the question uncomfortable. was rather ambiguous. I mean, the answer was ambiguous. Yeah, and then if and she goes to well before she asks if they're a couple, she, Tracy goes ah, looking at Liz. Um, have you ever been married? And Liz says she has, and Mike's like, "What? Whoa, 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 whoa. What? I didn't know that." And Liz is like, "Well, you never asked." She was. She said, oh, "Yeah, I was young. I married like my high. I think it was her high school sweetheart. She married, and it was the same kind of thing with Tracy. It just didn't work out." And Mike is hating all of this. He's oh, hating yeah. the whole socialite scene. At which point I have the mother was speaking kind of kindly about the dancer who the father was involved with. I took that as the mother. The mother either knows her who her husband is or she just doesn't know that they're having an affair and is like naive about it. I took it as she she knows her husband and she'd really rather be with her husband and accept his eccentricities yes. than to be without a husband. This was the 40s when a proper woman had a man beside her. Oh, and wait until we get to the scene with Tracy and her father. Oh, they. <sighs> And then, so so the reporter is there, the photographer is there, Mama's there, uh, Dinah's there, and then this man walks up, and Tracy goes, "Oh, Papa!" It wasn't this man; it was Uncle Willie. Uncle it Willie was actually walks Uncle up. Willie. It wasn't Papa, but uh -huh. they're pretending Uncle Willie is Papa because it would be such a social no-no to not have your own father yeah. at your wedding. They, like you have reporters, it's like, why isn't your dad at the wedding? You know what exactly. I, you know, that, that's dirty. Also, this is a wasp family. White, what is that? White, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant. Yeah. They, they don't talk about stuff. No. And no, so. You kept it inside and had a heart attack about right. it. Right. So then, so then you're, they were all gathered around because the mom was like, okay, everyone, everyone's here. Let's have some sherry. I, these are also drinkers. I, but sherry? <laughs> sherry? I don't yeah, know. mom is always bringing out the sherry. Again, then, this this, uh, this is this is how wasp move. <laughs> don't talk uh, about anything and just drink. Uh, another lesson I've learned. <laughs> so then Dexter's there and he greets George and somebody says it's like Grant greeting Lee. Ooh, yeah, yeah. The first husband greeting the the second new husband. And Dexter tells him, mm. hello, hello, Chandler. Chandler is back. So um, <laughs> I, I'm going to let Chandler speak. Chandler says he wants you to know at this point, uh, Dexter says to George, she needs trouble to mature her. Mm. Like a swift left to the draw, to the jaw. Ooh, ouch. 
I'm telling you, man, there's a lot of hate going on for Tracy Lord. There is a lot of hate going on as well as a, a bit of um, violence against women. Uh, well, at this point, Tracy knocks over the sherry tray. Sherry tray. Mm-hmm, because. That's weird. Sherry tray. Well, they're rich. That has the camera on mm-hmm. it. And oops. That's going to mess up all the film in the camera. All the film is exposed. At which point, the real papa arrives. And, and Tracy. she says, oh, welcome, Uncle Willie. Yeah, not missing a beat. So now Uncle Willie is papa and papa is Uncle Willie. Hmm. Improv. We're on the spot thanks to you. Hmm. Wonder who said that to whom? I'm I'm uh, supposing that it was meant derogatorily, if that's a word, to Tracy. I think so too. Mm-hmm. That's so, how this movie rolled. Scene, the end of that scene. Although the mother keeps telling George to set another place for lunch, that was funny because more and more people kept showing up. Mm-hmm. Scene. Next scene, Mike is on his way to the local library to do some research research on the Lord family. And Dexter's grandfather, incidentally, built this library. Exactly. So, yeah. And he finds Tracy reading his book of poems that he had published now, in she, the library. What's she wearing, Ma? Because they look it, like a nightcap. It looked like one of those stocking caps from, I'm going to go, early 2000s that were a stocking cap, but then they kept going and going and going so you could wrap them around your neck or... Hello, I'm sorry. I hope anyone who just had cardiac arrest can dial 911. So Tracy's in the library reading Mike's poems, and she says, these stories are beautiful. And um, somebody says, I thought I was easy. She says, Mike says, I thought I was easy. And Tracy goes, so did I. So she's getting a whole new picture of Mike. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a note. George looks way older than his 30s. (laughs) Because they're supposed to be in their 30s at this point. Yeah, but but Tracy says to Mike, you put your toughness on to save your skin. And so do I. So they're walking together. This book that he published um, gave him six hundred dollars and it was two years work. Um, But then they're talking about Miss Embry, Liz, the photographer, and he says she's she's really a fine painter, but she has to eat. So she takes these pictures for this magazine to be able to eat, you know, struggling artists. Mm-hmm. So he, they're both, he's basically saying, because she's all like, oh, they're reporters, they just went in on my life. And she finds out, like, well, actually, no, they're real artists, but they're just doing this because they have to make a living. Right. And you know all about that. <sighs> Next scene, uh, they're at the pool. Well, when this Tracy, is that when... Oh, yeah, yeah. They're at the pool house. Yeah. Right. And Tracy says to Mike, I have a house I don't use. I'd like to offer it to you. And and Mike goes, you know, the days of an artist, depending on a patron woman, have gone out of style. 
and and Tracy is really hurt by this. Yeah, because she thought, well, I'm just trying, I'm just doing something nice for once in my life. I'm thinking of somebody else. I'm offering you this house, and he's going, yeah, but that's, I don't want you to give me a house so that I can write. Um, I want to be a a starving artist. Yeah, at which point, again, Team Tracy over here, I'm like, Jimmy, she's offering you a house. I'm sorry, Mike, she's offering you a house. Just look at her. She's being nice. Everybody's always talking about how frigid and cold and uncaring she is. She just offered the stranger a house. Exactly. Which sounds like a lovely place to just sit and write. Yeah, it sounds fantastic to me. If someone offered me a house, toodles. So she knows Dexter is coming and she asks Mike not to leave because she doesn't want to be alone with Dexter. Um, so then Dexter comes and Dexter and Tracy argue, argue, argue. But their um, arguing but, is fun. Yeah. Uh, she finds human infer- imperfection unforgivable. Again. At, at this point, Mike sneaks out because it's like, hey, you know, I don't need to hear this. And then Dexter says, how can you marry Kittredge? I think he's beneath you in mind and in spirit. Um, and then he says, you know, you have a blank intolerance. You need a sense of, uh, 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 I didn't get the end of that, but you'll never be a real woman until you have a regard for human frailty. She, uh, but she just offered this stranger a house so that she could go right. How is that not showing human frailty? Dexter doesn't know that. Dexter doesn't know she just offered Mike this house. He's just seen her being, he's going by what he remembers. She was, uh, she had a prejudice against weakness. Nobody could be weak. Nobody could be, uh, she was intolerant of anything other than perfection. At which point Dexter leaves and says, I left my wedding gift for you on the table. Uh, I couldn't put a ribbon around it. So she's in the water. She does her own dive. Catherine Hepburn actually did that dive into the water. Was the scene before, was that when we find out what happened in their marriage? Like why their marriage ended? Or is that later? I don't know. All right. Well, I guess I'll treat it as later. Okay. So, yeah. Catherine Hepburn does a dive. That was a pretty decent dive. I mean, it wasn't amazing, but she's an athlete. You could tell. In that 1940s bathing suit. Looked so comfortable. <laughs> so his wedding gift, uh, George opens it, and he's like, who would give this to for a wedding gift? It is a model of the true love. The true love was the wedding gift that Dexter gave to Tracy. It was a a real sailboat and they sailed well he designed it and they sailed around Maine when they got married exactly at this point my computer started buffering Hmm. I had to shut it down and come back so I don't know if I missed anything well George tells so she gets out of the uh, 
you know, she's like, oh, sail, but yeah, you know, basically saying like, yeah, it was a nice boat. It was good times, but you know, like all boats, it ended up something about like dry rot, just dry ends rot. Up dry. Exactly. And so exactly. she gets out of the the pool and, and I, th- I believe George wraps a towel around her and says how he's going to, you know, build an ivory tower for her. And like, it's all stuff that it sounds nice, but it's just, it's not what Tracy wants to hear because she and doesn't. He, yeah. He says, you are a cool, distant queen, a statue, which was the opposite of how Dexter sees her or Dexter wants to see her. And she goes, I don't want to be worshipped. I want to be loved. And she goes back into the house. So what George is saying is what everybody else is saying. She's like a goddess, a statue that you can worship, but not touch or have feelings. And she that's not really what she wants. She's realizing as the movie progresses. Mm-hmm. The Guardian. I insist we inform the reporters we're on to them. Oh, at this point, this is the confrontation with the father. You oh, want to take yeah. that? So Tracy sees, she's walking in the garden, and she sees her mother and her father together, and her father has her arms around her mother, and they, they seem like, uh, you know, like they're married and stuff, and Tracy doesn't like this. And her mom goes off somewhere, so it's a scene between Tracy and and her father and her dad tells her so uh what does her dad say i have it written her dad says a husband's philandering has nothing to do with his wife yeah the best mainstay a man can have is the right kind of daughter and so he's attacked he's basically saying that the reason that he is unfaithful to his wife is because of Tracy. He puts all the blame on Tracy because she's coldness and she lacks sympathy for men's weakness. Exactly. Uh, She says that she lacks and she has an ungrateful heart um, and he calls her a frigid sprig... a a frigid prig spinster goddess. (sighs) Like, that's rough that's like cold-blooded yeah i was like and you you like to cheat on your wife and it's my fault because yeah, he said um he was devoted to the young girl because he had a reluctance to grow old but if he had had a daughter who was young who was accepting of him then he wouldn't have had to go outside the marriage to tina morrow to find that warmth. What the hell? So, yeah, okay, I get it. The guys cheat with the younger woman because they want to feel young again. What does this have to do with... And then he blames... He's like, yeah, and the reason I want to feel young again is because I have you, this woman who is so frigid and a spinster, and she can't get... Like, she failed at her first uh, husband, and she's always so overtly critical. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm overtly critical of your philandering ways. You're cheating on my mom. Yeah. But it's all Tracy's fault. Yeah. And and then she says, you mean you think I'm some kind of goddess? Hmm? Yeah. Well, I don't know where that came from. Yeah, but it just, it, that was a really weird scene. 
it was really it was so wrong on every level. It's just because really- it's he's taking no responsibility for his own actions. He's blaming his daughter for it, and and what she's supposed to do with all that? Yeah. I'm supposed to unpack all of this? I don't know. This, this, if, if ever anyone was, was wavering about being a team Tracy, this was the point where you just pick your side. Yeah. Cause you can see, well, if, if she's been carrying that kind of guilt, no wonder she, you know, imperfection is, is not allowed. Yeah. I mean, and no wonder she doesn't, she doesn't, she doesn't want this manipulative son of a bitch to be a, around at her wedding. Make it yeah. feel like that. Dang. Mm. Um, so then somebody's, what, so she says, what's the matter with Tracy? Tracy never drinks alcohol because she's never going to be out of control. Mm. But she at did which, drink it one, one time. At which point she downs three glasses of champagne in a row. One, two, three. Mm. So we know what happened to Tracy. But doesn't, doesn't Dexter say... I think that I feel like we yeah that scene I think was the scene where we find out what happened with Tracy's marriage with Tracy and Dexter's marriage okay what do you know about Tracy and Dexter's marriage so Tracy and Dexter's marriage that it ended because Dexter didn't measure up to the exacting standards that so we are have well established the exacting standards that Tracy sets up for all of her friends and family. And so right. he drank a little too much for her taste. Yes. And as she became critical of that, he drank a little more. He drank a little more. So yeah. he he developed a, a problem with alcoholism. And guess who gets blamed for that? It's Tracy's fault that he's an alcoholic. And the marriage breaking up was Tracy's fault because he, in the scene, he basically tells her, like, well, you knew what my weakness was, but you, you couldn't tolerate weakness. And I just needed somebody that was just a little bit more caring. But all you were there was, like, with your critical, like, shrewdness. And that's why the marriage broke up. She gets blamed for it. So we're, we're just dealing with... Um People who never take responsibility for themselves blame everybody else, and um, yeah, it goes back because and and so that's what's funny now when you're hearing all of these things about how Tracy's such a she's so cold, she's such a goddess, she doesn't she has uh, you know she has no tolerance for um, for imperfections, and basically it's saying that she has no sympathy for men's weakness, and that's why. Like she she gets she's blamed for her husband being an alcoholic and she's blamed for her father being an adulterer because she was she was not a woman of that age she was a, she dare I say she was a feminist yeah oh she wanted a little bit more she was saying you know to be with me you need to do better and so Again. if you're not going to do better you're not going to be with me and so what's so wrong with that, I say? Absolutely nothing. And so at the end of the scene, it's kind of revealed that because... And it, that was kind of a hard scene because it almost felt like uh, Dexter and Tracy were kind of talking in code. And so I don't know if that was sort of the 1940s equivalent of he couldn't just come out and say like, oh, I was an alcoholic 
it had to be like you just really had to like watch and be like well what are they really saying and it comes out that he she had one time where she drank too much oh because because he you know he's up there saying like oh you you know you act like you never did anything but you got drunk one time you were on the top of the roof naked howling at the moon and she's like i don't remember that and he's like yeah of course you don't remember that because you know you were blitzed of course you're not going to remember that but it was it was like one time yeah she she did that one time and that's her whole life is defined by that Mm -hmm. and he's done it over and over again um, and, but she will not remember anything where she wasn't perfect. Well. But he did seem to be a bit um, like, yeah, I, I did drink too much. Because mm-hmm. you know, he, he's a recovering like, alcoholic, but they don't yeah. advertise it. So, you know, he went away to Argentina and he kind of dried out. And so yes. he was able to... Like, while he blames her, he also, at the same time, isn't... Like, he doesn't hold that against her. Right. Okay, so now we're at a formal party at Uncle Willie's. And this was a formal, like... I guess it's the night before the wedding. Instead of a bachelor party and a a hen party, they're, they're having a formal party at Uncle Willie's. And Mike is dancing with Tracy. Now, Tracy's already had three glasses of champagne. And so Mike says, let's have another drink. And and then her mother comes out. She greets her mother. And the mother's like, what's come over you? <laughs> Why are you so pleasant? <laughs> yeah. A lot of things I thought were terribly important are the other way around, she said. So in her inebriated state... She's beginning to see maybe she was a little too hard of a hard ass. But again, this is 1940s saying, of course, it was the woman's fault. So she needs to ease up a little bit, you know, and just accept the way things are. Hmm. So um, Mike takes a bottle of champagne and he and Tracy go off. And the father and Uncle Willie, they come clean. Oh, because after that, the father scene, um, he goes over to Uncle Willie. He's like, no, no more. Like, we're done. We're done with the charade. Yes. Like, you're you're Uncle Willie. I'm father. Yeah. And Uncle Um, Willie, Uncle Willie is smitten with Liz. (laughs) Uncle Willie is is a pervert. Yeah. He's grabbing. He's her grabbing ass. asses. He's, he's pulling the Regis. Oh, he's got and, he's got money, so you know what he can grab her by. Yeah, yeah. Well, whoop, hello. <laughs> Give me a hat. So um, I think the Tracy. I think this is where you got the neighbors thing because I, I have. They go to the C.K. Dexter Haven Mansion. Oh, I don't know. I didn't get that. I just got that they were... Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Mike goes to yes. the C.K. Dexter Haven Mansion. Oh, Mike is... Mike is drunk. He is toe up from the flow up. Wendy. And um, he says, I'd like to talk to you. He wants to talk about Tracy, but he looks and sees that his book is in the bookcase. Fun fact about this scene... This was all one take, and at the beginning, you'll notice that uh, Jimmy Stewart, playing the role, he improvised the hiccups. 
And the first time he does it, you'll see Dexter, Cary Grant, he looks down and he's smiling and he just says, excuse me, to uh, the character because he was about to lose it because he thought that was hilarious. And they didn't, George Cukor, being the master director, he loved the, the you know, just the exchange between the two. So he, they just kept rolling and professionals, they just rolled with it. They did that. Yes, and. No retakes. They did this, and he he added that in, just threw it in, and they went with it. And it was perfect because it was like he was literally drunk, and here was somebody reacting to a drunk dude. Look, Jimmy Stewart did win the best Oscar for this role. Best actor. But he felt like, as you talked about last week, Called that it. it was really for Mr. Smith Goes to Washington instead of this role. Right. Okay. So, um... Jimmy, Mike, asks Dexter, Cary Grant, are you still in love with her? And then he hiccups. And Dexter says, Tracy is no ordinary woman. Um, You said things to her that I resented. Oh, Mike says, you said things to her that I resented in their argument. And uh, Dexter comes back with, you can't treat her like everybody else. She's not the average 1940s woman. And And then Mike Mike goes, why'd you bring us here to get even with Kit for using you? Because Kid, I'm sorry, Kid, their publisher, Mm -hmm. uses everybody. Uh, Yeah. Take it, Aaron. Well, so he, you know, he's like, oh, are you still in love with Tracy is like Mike's asking this to Dexter and Dexter's like look you can't treat her like everybody else and Connor's like yeah Tracy's one in a million so then you know Mike wants to know why did you bring us here and that's when Dexter tells him well kid is blackmailing it Uh he's a scoundrel and so then Mike because remember Mike's all drunk and he's like kid man kid is like he he's a bastard man that peace metal incident in Boston and Dexter's like what are you talking about and so basically um, you know Mike has because he's worked for him he's got some goods on him he's got a store and he's like well you know if you if you want to write it down like all right these these lips are loose so get some paper and I'll tell you a little story so at that point you know um Mike's telling Dexter this story about Kid and Liz shows up and she's got Tracy in the car and Tracy's asleep and she says that Tracy and George had a fight and so Dexter, because Dexter, you know, he's a recovering alcoholic so he didn't drink any of the champagne that Mike brought over and so Dexter's like, you know, I have this this paper um, that has a story on it. Do you know how to type? And of course, you know, being a woman in the 40s, of course she can type. Of course so she can. Liz is like, all right, um, I'm going to type the story. And so Mike looks and he sees that Tracy's is no Dexter sees that Tracy's asleep in the car and he goes out to her and they have a, a little bit of a scene, don't they? Well, he says, you look beautiful, Red. Oh, and he yeah. says, come in. And she says, why? And then the next thing I have, Tracy drives Mike home. 
Yeah, so Liz is going in with Dexter because Liz is going to help Dexter type up the story that Mike told Dexter about Kid, their boss. So basically, now they've got enough blackmail on Kid that he'll drop the story about Tracy's dad with the dancer. And so Tracy, all of a sudden, she's awakened up and it's 1940s and they're rich. She drives Mike back to her mansion. Because this is the second time in her life she's ever been drunk. And she goes, yeah, I can drive. Yeah, she's like, no problem. And then she and Mike drink more champagne. By the pool. They're by the pool, and she hears a telephone ring. And she's like, do you think, do you hear that? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, I I think I'm going to go get it. It's probably George. George. And by the time she goes and she comes back, she's like, oh, I missed it. And so... They drink more champagne. They drink more champagne. And Mike's like, Tracy, you can't marry that guy. And Tracy's like, uh, sometime come around here tomorrow or later today and I am going to marry him. So. But but Mike says at one point, the prettiest sight in this pretty world is the privileged class enjoying its privileges. Yeah. And Tracy says, you're such a snob. (laughs) Yeah. She calls Mike a snob. (laughs) <laughs> and oh and, and so I, so and at some point trait she she says the time oh because he, i think he like his retort back to that might be something like uh she goes the time to make your the time to make your mind up about people is never and he says you can't marry that guy you you guys don't match up and so I think then she tells she tells Mike like basically what her father told her, but she doesn't say her dad said it. The words come out of her mouth. You're like, that's exactly what your father just told you. Yeah, it's a mirror of what her father says. Your intolerance infuriates me. Yeah, she's saying that to Mike, like because his comment that he made about you know rich people, how he's a snob. She's like, your intolerance infuriates me, and all this stuff. It's basically word for word what her father says until it's like about to get to the last word, and then she realizes like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what my dad was telling me. I'm telling it to him, and so. She stops short and Connor and Mike is like, oh, you're magnificent. And she's like, you don't think I'm made of, You don't think I'm made of bronze? And Connor's like, no, you're warm flesh. And they kiss. And somebody says, golly. Golly, I wrote that down too. <laughs> and they kiss again. Uh-huh. Put me in your pocket, Mike. Put me in your pocket, Mike. And they she run off. She calling Mike professor at this point. Yeah, professor. Oh, she she they are so drunk at this point. They are. Oh, they are taked. They are windy drunk at this point. <laughs> and, and then the next and then they run off together. Mhm. So the next scene is early morning. Get him here in time for the wedding. So Dexter um, Liz yeah. tells somebody Mike's only chance at being a real writer is to get fired. Yeah, so Dexter and Liz, they are it's early, early morning. Dexter and Liz arrive in the car back because they've just typed up the black the blackmailing of the blackmailing story. And Dexter is going to use this lore kid, the Sydney kid guy, um, the boss, into coming to the wedding. And Liz says that the only way that Mike will ever become a writer is if he's fired. 
And so then Dexter sees the champagne. He sees the she he instantly recognizes uh, Tracy's engagement ring and her bracelets on the table. Right. And George is there and George is kind of like, where's my fiance? Like, what's going on? And Dexter's like, uh, George, you, you might want to leave before you see something that you don't understand. <laughs> At which point they're singing and Mike carrying Tracy. What are they singing, Ma? Over by the pool. What? What song are they singing? Mike is singing a song. I don't know. You remember what he's singing? He's singing? He's singing somewhere over the rainbow. Oh, he is. That's why I put it out of my mind. So Mike is wearing a robe. Tracy's wearing a robe. And Mike is carrying Tracy back to the uh, to the mansion. And Dexter sees this and Dexter's like, oh, man, she is not for the second time in her life. She is not going to remember anything. She's not going to remember anything. And Dexter says to George, you don't believe the implications of what you've seen, do you? And like George, I mean, this his fiance in a robe being carried by this tall, handsome man singing somewhere over the rainbow. (sighs) So George is winding up to punch this dude in the face. Oh, yeah, because so so uh, uh, Mike went like carried Tracy up to her bedroom, comes back down. You know, he's he's just like he's not thinking anything of it. And so George is winding up to punch him and Dexter punches him instead because he doesn't want Mike to punch him. He he punches him as gently as a punch can be. He doesn't want George to Mike punch him. Mike would have taken him out. Well, Mike gets punched. George is the one that punches Mike. No, 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 no. Dexter punches Mike. Yeah, Dexter punched, wanted to, yeah. but Dexter punched him. You were saying and, that we just, you know what? We just messed that up big time. Yeah, we did. So. We being me and Tracy and the little (laughs) sister hears this all Dinah has seen it all from upstairs in her room Dinah Dinah knows what's going on just like Mammy knows it all (laughs) okay so then it's later morning close to wedding time yeah it's around noon so every like everyone is uh who everyone is super hurting right now Uncle Willie's walking down those steps, holding on to the wall. But he looks fantastic. He's got his his suit all on. It's all crisp and nice. But he is just hung. He is so hungover. Yeah. (laughs) Hanging on to the wall. Dinah's all dressed up, ready for the wedding. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Tracy's hungover. Her eyes won't open properly. She She doesn't remember anything, but... She knows her eyes won't open properly. Oh, but when, so, when uh, Willie's, uh, so Willie and Dinah, Dinah takes Willie on a carriage ride because Dinah needs to tell Willie everything that she saw from last night. (laughs) And Uncle Willie's like, why do I need to get in this carriage? I have a splitting headache. And Dinah's like, just come on. I need to tell you. I need some privacy to tell you something. And so he just, poor Uncle Willie is just so hungover and is just bouncing around in this carriage. (laughs) It is funny. Yeah, this movie is legitimately funny. It is. So Dinah tells her dream. 
Mr. Connor was coming with both arms full of Tracy, coming from the pool. He sailed. Uh, wait, is she telling? Does she tell Tracy this at some point? Her dream. Well, yeah, she does at some point, but she kind of like says the end of it because we kind of see like Willie coming back because Tracy's hungover, and then she like doesn't know what's wrong with her eyes. And then that's when Uncle Willie is going inside because he's got he's got a what do they call an eye opener? He needs an eye opener. Yeah. And so he the, runs the, into the Dexter. The hangover recipe. Right. And Dex and and he tells Dexter, like, oh, I've got a recipe that'll pop pennies off the eyes of a dead Irishman. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> so so he so Dexter and Uncle Willie go back into the kitchen because they got they got a that hair of the dog. They gotta make themselves more drinks to get through this. Exactly. And so Dinah tells Tracy what she saw last night. Now, Tracy knows that the last time she was drunk, she didn't remember anything. So Tracy isn't sure exactly what happened with Mike, how far it went with Mike. She's not sure if he went to first, second, third, or fourth base. (laughs) And she's trying to find out. She sees this nice man's pocket watch is like, she's like, whose watch is this to dine it? She's like, it was in my room and I fell on it. Almost tripped on it. And Dinah's like, oh, <laughs> whose watch <laughs> is that, Tracy? At, at some point, she meets up with her father. Mm-hmm. And she tells her father, I'm glad you're here. I'm truly, I'm truly sorry I'm a disappointment to you. And her father goes, you're not a disappointment to me. For, forget all that stuff yeah. I told you a day ago. He said, you're not a disappointment to me and you never will be. And it's like, but you just called me. You just blamed yeah. me. You just said I'm the reason you had an affair. Yeah. At which point, Mike's comes out on the patio. Oh, he's everything sideways still to Mike. Diana says it's getting late. And Tracy says, how late is it? She realizes it's almost time for her to walk down the aisle. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, man. Um. So Tracy and... Connor kind of have this scene where Tracy no doesn't remember what happened last night and and Mike is looking at her like like he's smiling and stuff and and trying to hold her hand and, and she's just like oh my god what have I done like how far did this go what the hell and Mike goes I enjoyed the last part and I have no regrets about last night. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I lost my watch. Yeah, and then Trace is like, no, I believe it's here. I don't know how it got to where it got. To, or maybe, no, I don't, I don't know. Mom, my virtue. Virtue has no part of this. <laughs> so then she goes to the garden. Dexter brings her her hangover medicine. The eye opener. And Connor's like, I keep calling him Connor because his name's Mike Connor. But Mike is like, where did you get that? I need that right now. Give it to me. And he's like, go go see Uncle Willie. He's making them. Um, and so then she apologizes to Dexter. She says, I've done the most terrible thing to you. And he goes, not to me. You're not engaged to me. It's George. Yeah. But George sent a note over. Well, no, she phones George. 
And so she, she yeah. phones George and she tells him to come over. She's like, I, I know, I know it's against it. It might, uh, what, what is that word? Oh, what is it? I hate that word. Oh, tradition? It, I know it's against tradition. It might be bad luck if for the groom to see the bride before we get married on the same day. But please, George, just come over. I, I have to see you. Yes. And so um, she finds out that George was there last night. And she's like, oh, well, well, everyone was here. We should have sold tickets. And then Dexter asks about the the gift, which was the boat. Did you like my wedding gift I gave you? You know, he's it like, it's only three fourths of my heart. Yeah, and he tells Tracy that he's gonna sell the true love. He's gonna sell it to like this woman, and and this this kind of like this kind of shakes. Tracy, she's like, what, what do you mean? You're, you're gonna s- just sell it? And he's like, yeah, I'm gonna sell it and I'm gonna design and make a new one. And he's like, well, what are you gonna call it? Like the the true love, or somebody makes a joke about it being called the true love too. I think it was Dexter and Tracy's like, you you will not, you will not call it the true love too. I will, I will burn it to the ground or something. Like Tracy's basically saying, don't you dare call your next boat the true love too. Because I wouldn't be a part of that. Right. Oh, so she then, says she's such an unholy mess of a girl. And she'll never forget how Dexter tried to stand her on her own feet today. Mm-hmm. And so is this when the mother comes in with a note for George? From George? Well, actually, Sydney Kidd is at Dexter's house. He's reading it. Oh, and then the the note comes, yes. Okay. And the note says, your conduct last night was shocking to my ideals of womanhood. Mm. That my attitude towards you in the prospects. Oh, see, I I had to stop it and and rewrite it. Uh, The happy life together has changed materially. Your breach of common decency. At which point George shows up. She says, hello, George. And it's only certainty entitles me to a full nation before going through with our proposed marriage. Have you In the light of day, I quite agree with you, she says. I do owe you an explanation. That's just one thing. I don't have an explanation. Mm-hmm. So this this affair consisted of two kisses. This is what Mike says. So then Mike's like, well, now hold on a minute. This affair, you're saying it was two kisses and a swim. Nothing else. And she goes, why? Tracy's like, what? Why? Why didn't you go further? What's what's the deal? Am I unpleasant to you? Am I not suitable? Am I not attractive enough to you? So George says, Tracy, do you promise not to drink again? And uh, her oh, wait, whole wait, thing wait. is... This was, the, the, they said it was something like Miss Powray 26, which it took me... The, the first time I didn't get it, because she was like, oh, that wasn't me. That was Miss Powray 26. That's the other girl. And I was like, who's that? And then I realized, oh, that was the champagne she was drinking. It was either the champagne or the wine she was drinking. Oh, okay. And she was like, oh, that's the other girl. And so then George says, well, do you promise that you're not going to drink again? And (laughs) being the full wasp that she is, Tracy's like, no, I kind of like that girl. 
Yeah. I, I like her imperfections. And why is it that you just assumed that I had done the full Monty? You know, why couldn't you have faith in me for not engaging in, a, in an entire sexual intercourse thing with Mike? Why couldn't you trust me? At which point now I was asking myself, well, who do I want Tracy to end up with in this movie? I know, because you don't know. Because is she going to go with George because it's 1940s and she has to? Is she going to end up with Mike, who she had two kisses with? Is she, there's no way she's going to end up with Dexter because Dexter? that's like so over. Or is it? Or how about she takes some time for herself <laughs> to figure herself out without a man? <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, 1940s. I'm sorry. Actually, just Hollywood in 2017. You could say the same thing. That's true, too. Um, so she pretty much tells George goodbye. If you can't take this new Tracy, uh, you know, not the bronze goddess, you're going to actually have to service me. I'm not just going to service you. So goodbye. Good day. She says to George, I'd make you most unhappy. Mm -hmm. So we hear the wedding march. All of the people are in the church. <gasps> it's showtime. And so Dexter says, I got you into this. I'll get you out of this. And But Mike says that. I got you into this. I'll get you out of this. Will you marry me? And she says, no. No. He's like, what? I don't think Liz would like it. Oh. And then the mother goes, your father will make an announcement. It's okay. And she goes, you know what? I'm a 2000 woman. I can make the announcement myself. I don't need my father to make an announcement for me. So she goes, there's been a slight hitch in the plans. And Dexter says, uh, Tracy. Why don't we go do it again? Well, no. Are you sure? Well, she goes, because she's like, oh, it's been, okay. She opens the door and she's like, um, people, there's been a slight hiccup in the plans. And then, because she, <laughs> she just said like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to get out of this myself. And then she just says like half a sentence. It's like, Dexter, what, <laughs> what do I, help me? I don't, what else do I say? And so Dexter is like, um, and this is also another fun trivia fact. Dexter says three years ago. We uh, robbed you all of a wedding. And so Tracy goes, two years ago, we robbed you all of, of, a, <laughs> of a wedding. And and then she like kind of forgets the line and she's like looks back at, at uh, Dexter and she's and Dexter continues the line. And when we eloped in Maryland and now we're we're going to make that up to you by getting married now. And then Tracy like looks back at Dexter and because, you know, because she realizes what Dexter was saying and, you know, Dexter and Tracy are like, wait, no, Tra Dexter says to Tracy, oh, you know, if you, you know, do you want to do this? Do you want to get married again? And Tracy's like, and well, if you do. Yeah, sure. I'll go for that beaten again. You yeah. know, that left to the jaw. Yeah. And so they decide that Mike will be the best man. Liz will be the 
matron of honor because she was married already because she had been married already um and she goes never in my life have i been so full of love and but right before this um it was kind of wired in via the mother i believe that kid read the blackmail and he said that he was licked and he wasn't going to run the story about um trace or about tracy's father and the dancer yeah it just seems so unimportant yeah. in, the, in the light of these other events and, and so and it ended with dinah saying i did it i did it all because mm-hmm. dinah always wanted dexter and tracy to end up back together and at the very end of it they're um Di- uh, tracy and dexter are getting married and mike and liz are around and in <laughs> when they were filming it the camera makes a sound and they all turn to look at the camera. And then in the movie, you see Kid, he shows up with uh, with his own camera and he takes a shot. And so the shot in the movie that it ends with that is in Spy Magazine is all of them were looking at the camera and they all have like this surprised look on their face. But exactly. it, re- it doesn't really matter. It's a technical glitch because they wouldn't have been looking at the camera when he took the picture. You know and I, mean? I thought maybe Liz and Mike could get married, but that didn't. Yeah, they, I mean, I, like Mike was Mike was never Mike never even admitted that he was in a relationship with Liz, like ever. It was just sort of implied by Liz, because <laughs> when when uh, Tracy asked, like, "Oh, are you two together?" Yeah, Mike's all like, "Oh." Uh, I don't, and Liz is kind of like, well, yeah, we kind of all yeah, are. Yeah, we are. Yeah, it's it's always the female. Yeah, we are. He's not acknowledging it, so it's not real. He's just not that into me. Yeah, and then he and then Mike totally proposed to Tracy in front of Liz, and gets started like, and Tracy's like, uh, no, because like you're with Liz, and Mike's like, uh, oh man, am I? Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> I guess this is gonna happen. So I don't think those two made it. I don't think it ever went beyond their um, whatever it was in the 1940s. I think that she ended up and she bounced and went with Uncle Willie. Um, you know, it's it's not a politically correct thing to say, but she would have had a shitload of money. Boom. Booyah! <laughs> Jimmy Stewart did win the Oscar for this, but he thought it was really for his role in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Because he beat out Henry Fonda in Grapes of Wrath. He did indeed. And I'm like, oh, man. So remember what I was yeah. talking about last week? Sometimes Oscars, they do makeups. Because the previous year, makeups. he didn't win for Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. And he wasn't even going to go to the Oscars. And then he got a mysterious phone call that advised him, you might want to actually go. That was before Price, Waterhouse, and whoever was in charge of the, the ballots. So they knew that he was going to win, and they wanted him there. Um, don't be, like, why are we touting out them? Like, they're some sort of uh, beacon of prestige when it comes to Oscar balloting. They, they, they messed up the last Oscars. Whew, that was ugly. <laughs> okay, Catherine Hepburn starred in the play as Aaron said previously but did you know that Howard Hughes bought the rights to this for her yes 
Yeah. So she owned... She was a thing with Howard Hughes for a while. Mm-hmm. I remember, because in The Aviator, she was played by Kate Blanchett. She was indeed. Cary Grant was... I saw two different prices. 100000 150000 to play this role, and he donated all of it to the British War Relief Fund. It was 1940. And did you know that... So, um, yeah, uh, she had the film rights because Howard Hughes bought them. So it was basically in order for the movie to get made, she took a percentage of the, the box office and she got to decide who she wanted to direct it. George Cukor, and she got to decide who she wanted in it. And her original leading men that she wanted, she wanted Clark Gable and Spencer Tracy. Those were Mm -hmm. her first choices. She had yet to be in a film with Spencer Tracy, but she admired him. But both were unavailable. But they say both were unavailable. Spencer Tracy was definitely unavailable. But remember, Clark Gable was in Gone with the Wind, which George Cukor was fired from. But they say that was all rumored. All right. Yeah. But it could have been a thing with, you know, he went on to finish the film and I was fired from that film. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I can't, I I can't really see Spencer Tracy being the Jimmy Stewart role. He seemed a little old for that, but Hey, that could have happened. I was told Cary Grant was given his choice of, did he want the Jimmy Stewart role or did he want the Dexter role? And he chose the Dexter role. They say that this is the one of the best examples of, quote, comedy of remarriage. And that was very popular in the 30s and 40s because affairs were blocked by the production code. So you would have people, they got married <laughs> and then they got divorced oh, excuse me. <laughs> so that they could be with other people. And then they would get back together again because you couldn't show affairs Per the production code. Because they never happened. Now, I had it because this movie also was remade in, I believe, 1956 as a musical starring With? Grace Kelly. Uh-huh. And was it Bing Crosby? Bing Crosby and, and Humphrey Bogart? Frank Sinatra, Frank Sinatra baby. Ah. Yes. Yeah. High society. High society. Now... And it was number five of the greatest romantic comedies. If this was remade, who would you cast in it today? Because I cast oh, two of the wow. three. I, if it was being made today, today's Hollywood, I was like Jennifer Lawrence as Tracy. Or Emma Stone. Or Emma Stone. I kind of like Jennifer. Yeah, I, I guess so. I know. Yeah. Um, I suggest for Dexter, Ryan Gosling. I had so Ryan Gosling on the mind. And, or, there's Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling. Like, Ryan, they could, they could interchange. Yes. So who would you have, though, for, for Mike? Well... That's what I got stumped with. I, can you? I can totally see Ryan Reynolds doing Mike. You know, being the fumbling kind of. Yeah. Oh my God! I kind of got into this, but I don't know what I'm into. And that's true. Yeah. It just made me realize I was just because 
if this was if this movie was made in the early 90s i would say i would totally say that tom hanks would be mike mm-hmm. but i just i'm like we then it made me sad yesterday because i was like we don't have a tom hanks we don't have a young tom hanks who's the young tom hanks because because tom hanks is like the the next version of jimmy stewart it was jimmy stewart yeah. then tom hanks now what Oh, who is the who is not romantic lead that's almost the romantic lead? Yeah, but and he, and he's just the guy that everybody likes. Like women like him, but he isn't like, oh my god, drop dead hot. And he he's just got the like, you know, he's got like you just look you're like, yeah, he would play the role of, of Jimmy in Jimmy Stewart movies you could cast him. In Tom mm. Hanks movies you could cast him. I mean, we don't have the next Tom Hanks. We don't. Well, we, there was quite a distance between Jimmy Stewart and Tom Hanks. We might have to wait another generation. I guess so. I, yeah. I mean, we, if we could really thought about it, I'm sure we could, like, bridge the gap with somebody from the 70s to be like, oh, he was the, the Tom Hanks. But, okay. See, so you threw me a curve. I, I needed to have time just to think on that. To be pondering on that. Well, I've been pondering on it since last night, and I, I I can't think of anybody. It was a fun movie if you take out the feminist parts of it and realize it was 1940s. Mm-hmm. But and it, we've made some advances since then. Yeah, and some of it that was in there, it was like the 1940s, but also a lot of it was that, you know, Catherine Hepburn had to basically do rehab for her persona so when yeah. people watch this movie they got to see they're like oh look at her she's getting knocked down to size exactly. and then oh oh she's showing vulnerability and and she's kind of like apologizing for you know holding people up to such high standards and stuff and then i mean she gave a great performance because you saw all the things and then by the end you're just like okay yeah she you know it's like she gets it and ever since then audiences loved her yeah, when she went through the thing of telling off Mike for being such a such a snob, um, and then she realized that's exactly what her father had said to her. That's when you really saw that. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was good. That was definitely good. It was a fun movie to watch. Um, not even two hours. Give yourself. You know, some time, sit down and enjoy. It was, it was good. Not like very. You could tell it was a play. Very quick writing. Some of the stuff's probably gonna go over your heads. The whole thing about the picking and he's went way over my head. All like mm-hmm. I kind of got the stuff with the, the uh, the gifts and stuff, but that kind of went over my head. Lot, lots of well, fast stuff. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. When picking innies can go over your head, we have, we have made progress. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Do you have any other and then notes? You, you brought awareness to me about the peanut gallery. Yeah, because I'll I I, I I like kind of learned that myself, and I was like, oh, the peanut gallery. But I I like the peanut gallery. I don't think it I don't think it solely needs to mean that. I just think that's like the origin. It's Mike Morph now. Yeah, because your puppy bought peanuts today to share with the lads. Mm-hmm. So there's the now the dogs are the peanut gallery. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. And it's a stereotype that's true. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Okay, so next week we are going to do... I forgot already. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Oh! Yes? Guess who's He's coming to dinner? Coming to dinner. A little bit of um, the Bush family will be coming to our next podcast. Mm, inside. Inside baseball tomorrow. I mean, inside. next installment. Too bad you couldn't be there for that first meeting. Oh, I don't know. You would have loved it. My, talk about my tummy hurting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it all hinges on this, everyone. <laughs> Jeez Louise. And we all got through it, and, and we've all moved on 42 years. So... <laughs> I'm protesting. I'm protesting my grandparents. That's how it would end. <laughs> what? This is not the way they presented themselves to me. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, they won't be listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we give a shout out to Jess and Andy. Thank oh. you for listening to us. Ah, she keeps bees. Check them out on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get music. They're currently on tour and they enjoy this podcast. She keeps bees. Love her. And uh, Wendy will be getting her plain white tea when I remember to take it to her. Hmm. Delivered. Delivered. Thank you to all of our listeners, Donna, Margaret, Carol, Pat, people who listen. And um, we thank you all. Yay. Next week, guess who's coming to dinner? That is going to be fun, <laughs> I hope. I, I hope. <laughs> I hope too. Might be the last podcast. Might be. What? <laughs> Bye. -bye. <laughs>